0: You know, you look like the head fell on the cheese dip back in 1957. You, you're okay. This one, real fucking ugly. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum.
1: Every time I see one of those, I just think of the uh, scary movie three when he like blows up, he's like,
0: bitch! Oh!
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, enlightening factoids aside, this is Midweek Matinee, allegedly a movie podcast where um, one movie expert <laughs> and uh, three online goons who were the only people available at the time discuss a different movie each week and give their unqualified thoughts and mostly go off of the rails and uh, occasionally talk about porn um <laughs> it's up to the listeners to
3: determine which of us is the expert
2: <coughs> uh yeah yeah it's, realistically <laughs> it's none of us uh i am joshua at android is a loser and as every week uh i am joined by blake
1: hey everybody
2: I'm how are you doing, blake <laughs>
1: I'm good. Doing? How are you guys doing? Good? good movies. I have been watching good movies. How about you?
2: I mean, honestly, just this one. I haven't had much time to watch movies, but you know, I, I'm I'm trying to fix that. You know, I was gonna watch Joker because of fucking Chris, but he bailed on me, so now I have to suffer through that alone, which is
1: less. I appealing. actually really like Joker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was. I was thinking of Suicide Squad but I was picturing Jared Leto Joker because it's, okay. it's just I, think I
1: was
0: Suicide like I don't think we ever spoke about real. that movie <laughs> no
1: different Chris
0: <laughs> you gotta uh, anyway. find friends with different names
1: but no I like Suicide Squad too it's the best DC movie so
0: yeah I mean it's not the, the fuck
1: up like. it's the only DC movie isn't it it's better than any Marvel movie. That's for sure. Shut the fuck up, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: I, I really felt for Jared Leto's Joker a lot more than I did any of the Marvel villains. Like, I mean, Thanos. Come ah. on. Like, he's got ah. this fucking magic hand ah. glove, but like, i do you with not neon feel green for? Hair him? And like, hot topic tattoos. That's a villain I can. Go <laughs>
0: find. Like to tender my resignation from this podcast. <laughs> uh, all right.
2: Well, uh, while you resign, can you tell us your name and uh, what you've been watching this week, Chris? And your social security number?
1: Uh, (laughs) Oh, jinx. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 Anyways, um, it's 231.
0: Yeah, no, it's 231. I watched (laughs) um, Mad Max Fury Road this week. Nice. Outside of They Live. I watched it in black and chrome. And I watched it in color. I watched like 20, 30 minutes in color. Definitely better in black and chrome, I think. Mm. Great movie.
3: Yeah.
2: That's cool. I I still got to watch that one. Um fucking
3: Brett, how the fuck are you? I'm fucking good, man. You know what (laughs) I mean? My flooring's done. I'm happy. I've rebuilt an engine. I'm happy. I'm just you know, I'm doing everything that I need to do and more. Uh also because I would be remiss not to talk about one of my absolute favorite movies ever. Um, whenever we were making fun of Chris's little (laughs) social security number and he says it's two three one and that was it. Uh have any of you ever seen the um mid nineties Little Rascals movie? No, There is a scene where they dress up on top of each other in a big coat to go into the bank to try and get a loan to build a new clubhouse after theirs gets burnt down uh, and they're wearing a fake wig and a top hat and they're all stacked up on each other's shoulders and they go in the bank and it's Mel Brooks and he's like oh certainly I can help you and he's still looking down at his desk he's like can I have your account number and the kid's like uh seven (laughs) and then he looks up and sees the kid he goes seven and then from down below you see the jacket open he goes try eight so it's i don't know why that scene always cracks me up so when you know obviously social security numbers are a lot longer when when chris was just like two three one (laughs) cracked me up Uh, not watched any movies uh this week outside of this one Uh, not had too much of the time too with everything else i've had going on but uh excited to talk about this one
2: yeah it sounds like you've been living a movie honestly uh Mm. well this week We're talking about John Carpenter's They Live, a movie that came out in 1988, and I found out just before we started recording, it's based on 8 o'clock in the morning by Ray Nelson, Um, which I'm going to have to read after this, because I'm always interested in movies that originate from short stories. Um, Runtime of 94 minutes, and made on a budget of $3 million, which uh, you can kind of feel it. Uh, Yeah. I'm a little surprised, honestly. Uh, Some of the special effects I thought were pretty solid, but for the most part, it feels like a pretty, like, you know, small crew, kind of nimble, small budget kind of vibe. But, uh, yeah, Uh, let's get initial thoughts from everybody. Uh, Blake, what did you think of this movie?
1: I don't know. It was very different from what I expected, I think. Mm. When I went into it, I expected more horror than just kind of, like, I guess science fiction. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't think there was any horror in this besides, like, the fact that it would be horrifying being in their position. Sure. So I guess you could consider it horror, you know, if you were the character.
2: <clears throat> uh, quick but, question. Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. ahead. I was going no, to ask, you, do you, uh, have you seen other John Carpenter movies?
1: I have seen two John Carpenter movies. I've seen Halloween probably 300 times. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I have seen Big Trouble in Little China for the first time like five or six months ago. So I'm just now catching up on my backlog of Carpenter films.
2: Yeah. I was just going to quickly add that I think John Carpenter is one of those directors that despite being mostly known as a horror director he jumps around a lot. And I, I think he has very few like true horror movies. Like the Halloween movies obviously being like the most well known but it feels like He jumps around so much, and sometimes he does, like, action comedy. Sometimes they're, like, suspense. But, like, yeah, he's definitely a difficult one to pin down. So I'm not surprised that this one isn't a horror movie, but it's, yeah.
3: Anyway, continue. Well, to that, real quick, I'd say that a lot of that, I think, comes to the fact that John Carpenter's scoring that he tends to do across his movies. Mm is kind of ominous sounding. So I think people yeah. tend to just think about horror when they think of it with of him in general because of the tonality of his music. Like even in the movies where it's not necessarily horrific, mm-hmm. there's an unsettling nature to, to his scoring that I really love. Yeah. Good yeah, I would say the three that
1: I've watched from him all definitely have horror aspects. Obviously, Halloween is like pure horror. But I mean, even Big Trouble in Little China had some pretty horrifying stuff towards the end not that it was scary to the viewer by any means but mm-hmm. some you know i, I don't some know tr- I, some truman so show think, level horror do what
0: i said like truman love truman show horror
1: yeah in a way for sure or even like <laughs> goonies kind of horror gotcha.
0: yeah i dig that well,
2: cool chris what about you what'd you think of this movie
0: um i had an enjoyable experience watching this movie I will probably never watch it again. Mm. So that was really... I liked it. I thought it was really fun. Um, I think the best part of that movie was the 45-minute fight scene. (laughs) (laughs) But... (laughs) And that that no was <laughs> legitimately the height of comedy. The fact yep. that it kept—how well, many times they restart that fight? Four or five times. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, we're done. Look through the glasses. I'm not looking through the glasses, and you punch them in the face again. Like Dude, I would dedication, I, though, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna go
2: ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and bring this up right now because it's relevant. Uh, the big fight sequence was designed, rehearsed, and choreographed in the backyard of director John Carpenter's production office. Uh, The fight between, by the way, WWF superstar Roddy Piper and uh, Keith David was only supposed to last 20 seconds, but Piper and David decided to fight it out for real, only faking the hits to the face and groin. They rehearsed the fight for three weeks. Carpenter was so impressed, he kept the scene intact, which runs for five minutes and 20 seconds.
3: Holy shit. See, I'm glad you said that, because I was like, dude, this is like the craziest mid-80s WWE cage match I have ever seen. Yeah,
2: I am glad he even picks him up and throws him down too It's just straight yeah. up like Fuck <laughs> off <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean it's like I real d- wrestling moves <laughs> I like the detail that you could definitely see Keith David's brain Out of the back of his head <laughs> <laughs> For like half that fight too <laughs> um, I'm glad you brought up that Roddy Piper was WWE Because I'd heard his name And I didn't know who the fuck he was So I kind of liked this movie a little bit more Because I was <laughs> like I don't know who this guy is actually- Nor did I
1: it's the first wwe film <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh fucking
2: god brett what the fuck what do you think of this movie <laughs> uh
3: so we bring it up a lot in the show um yes but there are certain movies that are just so culturally known whether or not you've seen them mm-hmm. uh though i was a little surprised i've never seen the movie but i do love john carpenter's work um but it's one of those movies that I felt like I had... like I felt like I knew so much about it, despite not having seen it. So it, it was kind of hard to go in without some form of an expectation. But I really enjoyed it. It was super fun, like like Chris said. like It's not the most incredible movie out there, but it's super fun, and it's just like... Engaging the watch the whole time. I like the charm that the smaller element that it has brings to it. To the extent that even though it was a low budget, you know, uh, movie, the only effects that were just genuinely kind of eh in terms of holding up were specifically the ones involving the little flying spacecrafts. Um, (laughs) Those are about the only ones that looked genuinely bad. So shout out to the charm that that low budget kind of affords it, without ever feeling bad or or like cheesy for being that you know we were talking about in the discord before we started Blake was like oh is this supposed to be horror and you said in kind of a cheesy sci-fi way I don't even know if I would call it cheesy um and of course it's debatable as to whether it's horror but mm-hmm. I was surprised that the movie really didn't crack me up in any like none of the effects cracked me up nothing was like it, it I was kind of like okay maybe it's because they grounded it with the with the setup to where once he saw it and the way he reacted you kind of just believed it yeah uh, but it surprised me that i enjoyed it as much as i did being a first-time viewer sure <laughs> yeah um, the fight scene again <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm about to get in a five-minute, twenty-second fight with you if you don't shut up. Um, <laughs> sorry, Dad. I'll lower the, out the music. goddamn
3: glasses. <laughs> uh,
2: so yeah, this was also my first time seeing the movie. Um, like I had mentioned to you guys before, I was sort of trying to catch up on John Carpenter movies, and I I take forever to get around to doing stuff. So I've seen like maybe a third of his total filmography, if that um and yeah this is one that i've been meaning to watch for you know the same reason that uh brett mentioned it's just so culturally everywhere uh you know to the point that uh shepherd fairy's obey iconography actually originated from this movie and it's just such a like you know th- that's something that this movie does really well where like in other elements it might fall short or be like a little unremarkable or a little very typical of its time but just something about like how uniquely and how like stylistically unique it is with presenting its take on everything is just so like it's like immediately iconic and you know it it's stuck with people this long for a good reason i think so uh Hmm. it was really cool to finally get around to watching it and uh and all 32 minutes of the fight
3: (laughs) i wish we would have just kept going up with the time limit like you know it's a 20 minute fight No, you know the 32 minute fight the 35 minute fight scene is really yeah. the peak of cinema yeah, yeah but the 987
0: minute uh single take fight scene when i had to switch to the second blu-ray i realized how long this fight scene was <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Snyder Cut really adds links to it to be, to be <laughs> fair
0: really gives heart <laughs> to the story the of the windshield cut, you know.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah it really explains that scene where uh, the Flash appears in the middle of it and <laughs> and gives Roddy
1: Piper information about the future
0: I'm too early!
1: (laughs) I do want to say, Chris mentioned not really like recognizing Roddy Piper's name, but not really knowing where he's from. The only reason that I knew where him and Keith David are from is because of Saints Row the Third.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, I knew Keith David... Uh, I didn't realize it whenever I was saying that. I was like, why have I recognized this voice? And then it kind of clicked with me because I was like, wait a minute. He's the president in Rick and Morty, and he's your vice president in Saints Row. I believe the, so, yeah. It's been yeah. a while since I've
1: played that one. but yeah, yeah. And the reason I, I even for.
3: remember it is because when I was playing Saints Row 4, uh, I was going around trying to romance every character, which me and Blake had talked about. so <laughs> I was like, I found out you could romance one, and I thought, okay, well, maybe that just locks you to them. But then I walked up to another one, and it's like, do you want to romance him? I'm like, yeah. Then I walked up to a guy, and it's like, do you want to romance him? I'm like, sure, I'll give it a try. And he's like, listen, it would complicate things between us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and i just remember laughing at that line so hard that whenever i heard him talking in this movie i was like <gasps> it's the yeah. guy who rejected
0: me <laughs> <laughs> i didn't fuck him in saints road damn it yeah i got you a can't. blow job from a robot right. not just a robot but a robot
1: orb it's just a yeah, ball a sphere. <laughs> i mean
2: all, all you need is enough surface area to get the job done <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> With enough surface area and enough lube, I think anything can happen, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Oh my uh, god.
0: Can, so so
3: okay. No. Too bad Astroglide won't like give us a plug here. We're like, we're, like this episode's brought to you by Astroglide. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we could well, just I mean, uh, it's, be it's sponsored
3: by KY. Adam they
2: got to just whoever sends the better <laughs> <laughs> monthly box. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know that I'd want a random box of, like, <laughs> different KY stuff. <laughs> like, just send me the one bottle. We're good.
0: Well, <laughs> it's sealed. We, we have to use it now, baby. They sent it to us. Yeah. <laughs> if we're if we're going to advertise on the show, we have to make sure the product is good. That's what just is just called ear gel Why do
1: I need 13 ounces of
0: it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Don't look a gift horse in the holes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So... Uh, I'm sorry, Chris, you were going to say something before I start on a whole long
0: um, 987 minute spiel. Go ahead. Okay, so this movie is the Midgar section of Final Fantasy VII. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. It's really, (laughs) that's really not a bad parallel. (laughs) It's the fucking same. You go through the streets, you, you fight a bunch of monsters, and then you climb all the stairs in a tower and blow something up at the top.
3: And there is that iconic <laughs> scene insane. in Final Fantasy VII where Cloud walks into the Shinra building and says, I'm here to chew
0: bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm on <laughs> bubble gum. I couldn't fucking believe that scene when he said that, and it wasn't delivered well at all. That was probably the worst delivered line in
3: the whole movie. But it made it better. I don't know why when he said it, because of course I've heard it. I was just like, man, I don't know how that's. It's even more <laughs> iconic when it's said so blandly like
0: that. I'm right. here to yes. kick ass and chew bubble gum. And I'm all out of bubble gum.
2: (laughs) He was just letting them know, you know, it's just like, (laughs) hey, I don't want to make a big deal of this, but I ran out of gum recently and I'm having a rough day. So I'm going to blow some people
0: away now. Listen, somebody Uh, get me a bazooka Joe or you're all going to (laughs) die. I also mentioning his
1: like poor line delivery. Sometimes I also can't (laughs) help but think he's like the bootleg Kurt Russell. (laughs) That's who he looks like. Oh, my God. The entire time watching it, all I could think was I wish this was Kurt Russell.
0: I thought I I turned on Escape from New York for a second, and I'm like, no, this guy's homeless, I'm fine. (laughs) It's funny, because Kurt Russell's
3: in there so often in so many of uh, John Carpenter's movies.
1: Yeah, that's why I expected him to be in it, just because even the cover, like, the side of his face or whatever, I thought it was him. Mm. And then I get, like, fucking Dollar Tree, sunflower seed (laughs) version of (laughs) fucking (laughs) Kurt Russell. Sunflower seeds? I only say that because we bought some sunflower seeds recently from Dollar Tree. and They're really bad. <laughs>
2: okay, you need to be stopped. <laughs> Delete your Twitter. Uh, so I want to try something new. We're going to go through the plot kind of chronologically because I think there's a lot of fun stuff that we get to comment on this way. And then Let's do it. at the end of that, we'll kind of talk more broadly about themes, and we'll probably talk about them along the way, honestly, because there's just, you know, this this movie slaps you with its dick in the face with its themes. So. We're going to get really, we're going to get hot and heavy with those. All right. So movie starts off graffiti. It's the eighties living in the city sucks. Uh, We see a homeless, unreasonably muscular dude walking around with what can only be described as the world's largest backpack, Uh, walking by some train tracks, you know, walking around the city, just kind of like weirdly gawking at stuff. And he, like, warms his hands on, like, the vents from the streets, which, again, lets you know that this movie is in the 80s because there's always steam coming up from underneath the streets for some
3: reason. <laughs> it's because of the River of Ooze that's from the <coughs>
2: Ghostbusters. <laughs> Shredder's down there. you got to watch out for him. Um, or is it the opposite? Shredder's on the surface. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, immediately, we see kind of glimpses of commentary. We see, you know, he's he's walking to the unemployment <laughs> office. He's getting uninterested looks and it's the whole fallen on hard times kind of vibe and uh yeah he just like shows up at a construction site and is just like hey i'm here to work and they're all like <laughs> well, like he gives him some shit for it but he ends up getting a job anyway so
3: um, <laughs> yeah you know the funny thing about the opening is that you mentioned is that he's like unreasonably buff my <laughs> first so thought is this man is homeless and presumably from the movies you know as it goes through the unemployment office presumably he's been on hard times for quite a while Mm -hmm. and my immediate question is where the hell is he getting all of his protein at exactly (laughs) muscle beach he can be homeless and go there. <laughs> well, where is he getting the protein to fuel the muscles? You know what I mean. Maybe that's you can why work he's out homeless. all day long, but if you don't have the protein to back it up, bud, you just you know you're not going to get those those cannons. You know what I mean.
2: <laughs> you know what? Don't make fun of pre workout addiction. It's a serious issue. <laughs> all of his money goes towards pre workout. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, creatine is like one molecule away from meth, so. <laughs> Uh, all right, so he shows up. He gets a job. Uh, fucking Keith David recognizes this again. Unreasonably buff guy with a mullet, like d- just shoveling the fuck out of a pile of dirt with his shirt off, and like there's not even like a clear reason given as to why he's doing this. It kind of just it's like an '80s like commercial or like I, I I'm Montage. trying to think of <laughs> I'm trying to think of it's where a that... random action <laughs> like. Okay, so this trope exists. I'm trying to figure out where it came from because, like, we know that as like an 80s thing of like buff dude doing physically demanding stuff. And it's like, where did that come from? But this movie definitely contributes to it. And I respect how
3: hard it goes. (laughs) It's just shy of him being shirtless with a jackhammer and a hard hat. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just like the epitome of that. That what you're talking about <laughs> also before I forget about it yes. was anybody else a little disappointed that the woman from the unemployment office because of course I knew the plot of the movie mm-hmm. going into it I was like I really hope that at some point in this movie he comes back around to her and he sees that she was an alien thing all along and that's why she was being like blowing him off and being like another fucking human down on <laughs> hard times god these guys need to get it the fuck together <laughs>
2: <laughs> that'd be a good callback <sighs> oh man so uh fucking keith david takes pity on this guy who's totally gonna get a sunburn working without his shirt all day and (laughs) he's like yo i i live at this encampment it's like a co-op kind of vibe we take care of each other come check it out and for whatever reason he declines and then stalks him back
0: (laughs) yeah that was weird
2: (laughs) and then keith david like turns around and is like dude why are you following me i don't like this and he's like i don't i don't go with anybody unless i know where they're going and then Keith Taylor's just like, oh, right, I like that. And then they start walking away. It's just like, man, that is not believable at all, but
0: whatever. Their interactions. It's like a Buddy Cop movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was <Riggs laughs> and Murtaugh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> with, with no establishment of why they would like each other, now they like each other and we can continue.
3: <laughs> to yeah. the point. Can we, can we clarify, though, to the point that when this man thinks that this other man that he's known for the equivalent of. A day he <laughs> thinks that this man has murdered dozens of people with no reason he has no clue about the aliens yet and he's like not yelling and telling people that he's hiding in the fucking compound <laughs> he's not telling like he's just oh, but that's fighting later. him in an alleyway i know it's a later but wait but you missed what uh, in the hell
0: <laughs> you're forgetting about an entire part that makes that even weirder is that keith david gives him a week's pay <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs>
3: it's like listen i know you killed frank and his family mourns them, but guess what i can at least get you a week's pay now get the but fuck out of here <laughs> you gotta hide all right
2: what <laughs> we'll come back to that uh, uh so fucking soup kitchening it up hanging out it's like all right hey these people make it work it sucks but you know what everyone seems grateful and they're watching TV, and this dude comes on with, like, this over-the-top, like, oh, they're controlling us. And it's this whole message on TV, and, like, the people watching TV are getting headaches. And it's so not explained, but you you know what the movie's getting at, so it, I guess, doesn't have to explain it. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, so, they're watching TV. They're mad at the TV. The shit, they, they, <laughs> they get up and change the channel, basically, and they, they move on and then fucking NATO walks over to this church and he's like he he's watching the oh shit I forgot to talk about the priest
3: okay street well, see, preacher time I, I was going to bring him up because the thing about the scene you were just talking about yes. is the movie I'm I'm not saying it's for the bad thing but the movie kind of makes you think like because you see the commercial going and then behind everything you see the priest is back there and it's not like you're not sure if the priest can hear it And he's Mm. just reciting it because he's heard it so many times because but I guess at that point the movie hasn't said anything. Yes. Or or if he's like projecting the T V with his brain because he's a blind superhero. Yeah. (laughs) I thought I was like, is this blind man like having a like he's having to struggle to focus on the wave the TV's on so he can project (laughs) this statement (laughs) so that he can try and get people to join their cause? And I was like, This is so weird. (laughs) Yeah.
2: That shit was not explained for sure. It it was, it seemed like there was some superpower shit going on and they did not elaborate as to whether he had heard this message before or what. But then I, I guess later on, we see it once, uh, With a little bit of hanging out, we see that, you know, Nada kind of observes that, like, there's some sketchy shit going on in this, like, church. And he's like, oh, what's up with the choir practice? And, like, the dude tells him to drop it. Keith David's, like, you know, once he, like, sees him, like, spying on them with binoculars, he's all like, yo, you need to drop this. Like, whatever it is, like, you know, I got got my own stuff I gotta worry about. Like, don't pull on this thread. And he just continues just completely, like... (laughs) It should be obvious to everyone that the new guy with a mullet who's like fucking 7'2 is staring at the one building they want to keep a secret with binoculars.
0: But, anyway. He wasn't even being subtle. At all. That was (laughs) the thing. I felt like throughout the movie he was trying to or throughout that scene anyway, not the movie, he was Mm. trying to be subtle and just just did a terrible job. (laughs) He's just sitting there with his binoculars flexing his giant (laughs) muscles staring at a church An African church, by the way. So (laughs) it just kind of makes it more weird. Like, that's not your culture. Stop staring at them. And then... Was it not an Episcopalian church? I thought it was an African... It was an African something, I thought. I did not Uh, notice the
2: denomination of the church. Yeah, Um, I didn't either. But regardless, I would imagine they'd have some people in the campsite aware of what the church is. Just kind of, like, noticing, like, this new dude seems really interested in the church. Is he one of them? Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway, so he goes in well, super unsu- go ahead, Blake.
1: I was just gonna say the headache thing was also kind of never explained. Unless it was and I missed it. But everyone got headaches when he started like reciting that thing. So mm-hmm. I, and so I, I thought that it idea. was gonna start like brainwashing
3: them, but <clears> then it didn't. So I don't I don't know. Uh I have an idea. I think part of what it is, mm-hmm. um, And, again, it's not explained well, and I wish it was. But I think it tries to hint at the fact of they're getting a headache. It could either be, of course, just because of how splotchy the inner splicing thing is happening. But I had the feeling that it was coming from the fact that the... It was almost like it was working to somewhat counteract and interfere mm-hmm. with the signal that's being yeah. broadcast out. That the normal everyday life is being kind of consumed by. It's mm-hmm. like that signal's being broken or interfered with. So it's it's like giving people headaches because it's like sure. the general. I, know, I, want, I guess you could call it the air around them is just like different. It's like it's something that's tapping into them to kind of like they don't realize it, but it's their brain trying to be like, "Hey, wake up."
0: Right. Mm -hmm. It was them seeing through the veil in the same way that the glasses did. So I would imagine it was the same effects, you know.
1: Yeah, for sure. I got you.
0: That makes sense.
2: Yeah. But it's definitely one of those things like in the moment, we're not totally clear on it. But I guess to the movie's credit, it does end up explaining it later on. It's just one of those like longer payoff kind of things. But (laughs) anyway, uh, so Nada's snooping around. He finds he sees that they're like, making sunglasses in what looks like a meth lab and like there's boxes behind this like little hidden panel. And he like, he sees the little tape recorder that's playing like the choir recordings. And we see to the other side of the wall, it's like, it's the dude who heads the camp and it's like a couple other dudes, uh, the blind preacher dudes over there. And the guy we see on TV is also in there and they're all kind of talking. They're like, Oh man, they keep jamming our signal. Like we got to figure out, like it's all very vague, like movie tech talk but it's like ah oh, whatever we gotta give it more juice i don't know something and then in like a truly wwf fashion Nana just eats shit trips over a bunch of random clutter that happens to be there and makes the most noise one possibly could tripping over stuff <laughs> and no one hears him
3: that's because they were blaring that straight up worship music <laughs> yeah they were playing that new kanye west album
0: i do want to say that 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 music slapped it was good uh, It was so that was some fire like Mm -hmm. where's the mp3 you're talking about the new kanye album (laughs) no i'm talking about the song i'm talking about the fact that this movie did that genre of music better than kanye west wow (laughs) (laughs) except for (laughs) that song is that song that song slaps too which song the one salah oh um, with uh he didn't reference chick-fil-a in this movie
3: being closed on sunday so i think kanye west has got that one in the bag hey bro
0: you're (laughs) my you're my lemonade yeah you're my number two (laughs) wow (laughs) so anyway
2: uh preacher notices him appears out of nowhere like daredevil he's just like a complete ninja somehow and he feels up the dude's face and he feels his hands he's like you're working man huh he's like yes sir and then it's just like all right I'm, i'm gonna I'm going to go with, like, a really suspicious voice. And the preacher dude just lets him leave, I guess. And no one seems to investigate, like, what this new stranger saw or found or thinks. But, so he's just hanging out.
3: So, is it implied in that scene that the priest can feel your face and hands and tell whether you're one of the monsters? I thought that they were implying
0: that, yeah.
2: That's a good catch. I, I wasn't sure if he could like determine whether you were one of them or not i kind of just got the impression that was like a you know uh some I, yeah sometimes yeah, you, you feel people's faces if you're blind to just kind of be like oh that's roughly what your face looks like
3: but well sure but the way he was doing and was like let me feel your hands i, I had and, I, and and maybe actually if you think about it one of the telltale signs of what he said that may have been the reasoning as to why he didn't really alert anyone mm-hmm. was that he feels his hands and feels the calluses And he says, Oh, you're a working man. And as the movie goes on to tell, anybody who is one of the others or involved with the others all have money and would not have calloused hands from being a working man. So maybe it's kinda like that that was the descriptor that kinda gave him away. They're like, Ah, you have the hands of a worker. Clearly you aren't in bed with you know
1: he's a proletariat, not a bougie (laughs) ass bitch.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh he is
2: the means of production. His biceps alone.
1: <laughs> I,
2: still can't get,
3: I, I still can't get over Chris talking about him just having the, bi, like the <laughs> binoculars just fucking flexing on everybody. <laughs> like, yeah, guess what, bitch? I'm in the WWE
0: or WWF at that time. Um, yeah, I'm staring at your church. What you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
2: that night, the police basically just massacre everybody. Um, which isn't entirely fictitious, but it's it's like a it's a lot of police. Like it's none like of this a movie is
1: very fictitious.
2: <laughs> uh, this movie's a documentary, actually. Uh, so, like a fuck ton of police show up, and they just start wrecking shit. They they have the like camp a sw- got swatted, you know. Basically, yeah. Uh, you know, it, some simp was just too mad about the cost of the OnlyFans account, and he was like, you know what. That's it. I'm swatched. There's,
0: there's a homeless woman in there not reporting her sex crime to the IRS. Let's get her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's Mom, good. can you change my diaper? <laughs> okay. Uh, so. <laughs> that was a lie. You went too far. No, I don't feel that I did. <laughs> I feel so, that it was an accurate portrayal of himself. <laughs> anyway, continue. So in the utter case. <laughs> So in the utter chaos of all this shit, everyone's
2: running around. We see like dudes with SWAT shields, like dudes with guns, they're like throwing flares and shit. Everyone's hiding. We see uh you know, we see Nada run past like this this firing line basically, and they've got the priest and uh who else do they have? They had somebody else. Was it like the the dude who's like in the messages?
0: I think it was, I yeah. think it was bearded yeah. man. Okay. Yeah, the
2: bearded the bearded guy. Because they had them, and they did a lot of beating them up with sticks. And uh, the preacher guy was putting up a fight. He had like a rod or like a golf club or something, and he was like, he was saying a bunch of shit like, oh, don't fuck with me," and then they beat him up anyway. The um, preacher
3: reminded me of Rafiki from The Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, he's just a weird dude who says a bunch of crazy shit, beats people with sticks. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. <laughs> but with the stick as part of it,
2: I see it now. <laughs> yeah, no, Though I, I don't you. know
3: if I'm placing a stick in his hand or the fact that he was getting beaten the shit out of by a stick. <laughs> no, he also had
0: so. a stick. He was swinging.
3: I thought so, <laughs> but he did. But he was getting billy-clubbed hard, and my boy was still just trying to fight it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, he, I respect uh, he, it. He stands up for what he believes in,
3: man.
2: So anyway, uh, they hide out for the night, it seems, and then the next morning, Nada shows up again, and he, he checks out the remains of the place they raided, and uh he checks behind that wall panel again which is weird that they wouldn't think to check as you know somewhat thorough swat team probably aided by an fbi-esque investigation arm Uh, and by
3: fucking aliens
2: yeah and also (laughs) weird that they don't have the place on complete lockdown but
0: if waco proves anything the government knows how to burn down a building so it kind of blows me away that the inside of that building was completely intact too (laughs) like they showed it the outside shot it was burned out and then inside he's like yeah just well the piano's still here i'm gonna get to the back of the door yeah even a nice
3: bit shine of paint you know
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but anyway he finds a box of sunglasses runs to an alley hides the box in a trash can and then yeah that's, that's where he first puts on the pair of sunglasses and starts to see that some weird shit is afoot he starts looking at billboards and everything is in black and white, and he sees Obey and he sees like he's looking at some like come to the Caribbean thing," and it's all like, "Oh, like marry and reproduce."
3: You and know the, the just, product placement was just very very over the top in this movie. you know I Obey didn't have to pay for product placement, you know <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it's honestly, I think some next level shit that Shepherd Ferry managed to go back in time to
3: market his own goods. Right, that's like how. That's how you know someone's just greedy. It's <laughs> like, can't you just keep your advertisement in the current day? You're fucking up timelines, man. You, you know he's the reason that aliens effect. even existed. <laughs> you didn't think of the
1: butterfly effect, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful.
0: You go back, <laughs> and strangle himself in born. the womb. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, Mister. Damn it, coming for you.
2: <laughs> so anyway, uh, this again. I, I don't mean to harp on this one point. But this man is distractingly large. There's no way he doesn't stand out when he's just wandering around gawking at everything. I, I have a hard time believing that one of the aliens wouldn't immediately go, that guy's got vision, we need to like we need to catch
3: him. But well, anyway, to be fair, he was gawking at the beginning of the movie without the glasses. The dude's just fucking weird. <laughs> for being <yeah>. honest. <laughs> he's big and honestly not super bright.
0: <laughs> no, it's very clearly.
3: I don't know man you gotta be pretty bright to pull that bubblegum line out of your ass you know what I'm saying
2: <laughs> so he's, he's at the newsstand and he's looking at all these magazines that all say all sorts of things and this scene that I love where he he picks up one of the magazines and we just see each page of it is a different thing it's obey consume sleep no independent thought do not question authority all of these things um, and then he looks at this guy right in front of him which is it's great because it's the first reveal of what the aliens look like and this premise that there's there's a bigger power at play here and he's becoming aware of it for the first time and he stares at this dude for like five solid minutes and it's it's so like maybe it's just like in 2020 we don't even like acknowledge that other strangers exist like we just we do not make eye contact we don't talk like we live in our own little worlds but like it's it's just so amazing that everyone immediately isn't like dude are you like
0: on acid or something <laughs> i also thought it was interesting that that guy was just a giant dick right from the go like the alien it's like what's your problem I'm like all right bro I'm trying to check out my porn magazines at this library uh kiosk here. could you leave me alone I'm trying to consume <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. such an archetypical
2: like 80s version of the, the man with the power and you just yeah
3: don't like him So one thing that that scene kind of I found interesting about, but technically the whole movie has it, of course. uh, I guess one of the things I don't understand is what the need to assimilate is in this situation. Mm. Like, why would you be reading a magazine if you know the whole reason you put the magazine out there is to essentially put it out as a way for people to be brainwashed? Now, of course, you can make the argument of they're doing it to appear to have the same normal life, you know, Pacing of everyone else does like you you see them doing the same things,, mm-hmm. but I don't know. it just feels weird for him to have gone to a magazine stand and like be looking at a magazine and be like, Okay, I'm gonna buy this one. <laughs> Why you know what it is mm-hmm. <laughs> it It seemed odd, well, but the movie kind of keeps going with that with like just seeing random people at like the grocery store, but at least it's like, well, they
0: need food. <laughs> well, I had that same kind of issue except i couldn't understand how it worked or if the glasses showed you what it meant you know kind of more metaphorically because like how if 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 i open my game informer and it's an it's an article about assassin's creed valhalla but under the ink is the word consume i don't understand how like that subliminal messaging really works there it's
3: really kind of like you know the movie said that there's like a signal of course it's just like sci-fi mumbo jumbo but essentially the signal projects what you know is messing with their brain so that they don't see what's actually there i mean it is like a metaphorical underlying message but within the realm of the world what it really is is like the signal which we learn later is what keeps them from being able to see the other people it's not that the other type of people are disguised or hiding they look just like the others the only way that you know they're different or the only reason you don't know they're different is because they have this signal that blasts out the way that you're interpreting information so what it probably is is that it really says consume it's just that the way your brain is interacting with the signal is telling it to be like oh this is an article about how you should buy new camping gear
0: right Mm -hmm. i guess i know i'm getting in the weeds on this point it's just if you're if you're looking at camping gear you're not seeing consume you know what i mean but whatever i get Subtext. what you're saying yeah it's just you know. that that like if i if i put a blanket over my unmade bed my unmade bed is still there i just can't see it which is the same thing but i can't see <laughs> it you know what i'm saying so like but, how does but it by do putting anything? a blanket
3: on your unmade bed haven't you in a way
0: made it Damn. Yeah, okay. That's a as a legitimately terrible example, but you know what I'm trying to say, <laughs> bro. I think you just got looped into the same. I, I
3: think you just got got. I All think right, that I, the uh, the the those waves were scrambling your brain, bro.
0: You were consuming and obeying. Oh, uh, you know that explains I mean? why I have such a splitting headache right now, like a knife twisting into my skull. Unbelievable.
1: <laughs>
0: so
2: anyway, uh, Nada makes a whole ass scene in a grocery store and like. I'm just thinking he makes fun of this woman's appearance that just says a bunch of really like mean (laughs) shit to her (laughs) it's
0: really funny
2: (laughs) I I, honestly like if I was in a store and that happened and I had no idea what was happening I'd just bust out laughing because
1: this
2: this G.I. Joe looking guy is just like making
3: fun of this ancient lady (laughs) My favorite part is that he turns to the other old lady and he's like, you're fine. (laughs) I just want you to know you're fine. But this ugly sack of shit over here.
2: It's like, Jesus, dude, you don't have to give in a body shaming.
3: Anyway. (laughs) My favorite thing is like, she's immediately like, oh, we have have someone with vision. I'm like, but this motherfucker he stared at for five minutes and kept pulling his sunglasses up and down was not alerted (laughs) in the slightest that maybe he could fucking see him. (laughs)
2: i I think that plays into what chris was commenting on of that vibe of it's just he's just one of those dudes who's out of touch and just hates whatever the young kids are into so he's probably just like this dude's on drugs whatever i'm just gonna move on
3: this is a normal fucking mentally ill human
0: (laughs) don't worry about it all the youth are lost causes (laughs) he's just doing tiktok dances in the street it's fine whatever (laughs) uh that could be in the 2020 version uh, I would want if they made it. They live, and the only way you could tell is if you recorded a TikTok with them. <laughs> and they couldn't. If they could do the dances, they were aliens. If they oh couldn't do the dances, they're normal people. It's an Instagram filter. <laughs> See now I'm just seeing the scene of Roddy Piper holding like a fucking seventeen year old girl hostage with a gun. He's like, "Do the fucking dance." So. No, what it
3: would be is like that, that countdown thing where it's an app. It would just be an app where you, you somebody developed a specific app that they have to like send you secretly. And that's the only way you can see whether people so – everybody's walking around. It's going to be a commentary on how everybody these days just walks around with their phone in their fucking face. But now there's going to at least be a good reason for it. It's like, oh, well, I'm using my camera to pass through and see if this is a crazy fucking alien bitch.
2: <laughs> so – he falls backwards onto some plants and he's like, I do not like this one bit. And then he like, he backs out the cops ambush him in an alleyway for whatever reason, they've got revolvers. Um, and he just straight up like clocks them both and then kills them. And (laughs) uh, apparently these cops have never been trained once ever. And this (laughs) just happens eighties action movie hero style. And he gets away uh, where does he pick up the shotgun? Does he get it from one of the cops, or it's like in the car or something? Yes, yeah, in the cop car. I wondered car. the
3: same thing. I must have looked down at that exact moment, because I was like, oh, he has a shotgun. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah. Anyway, he TLDR uh, loads the fuck up, and then just kind of like, on his way, escaping from the police, stumbles into a bank, and for the longest time having not seen this movie i thought this scene was like a triumphant way later in the movie surely there's context for why he's walking into a bank and about to open fire on a crowd of civilians but no there isn't he's about to open fire on mostly a crowd of civilians and yeah. there's some s <coughs> s tier uh movie logic guns happening in this whole <laughs> sequence where he uh, he shoots a dude from like 30 feet away with like with a shot, shot basically <laughs> And doesn't hit any of the people who are right next to him, but just that one guy.
3: What I I love too, is it's got the video game logic where the first shot fired completely misses him. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the security guard's like, oh, pal. Uh, I don't know if y'all know, but in like the first Bioshock, like every first shot that would come from an enemy would always miss you. So you'd be like, oh, by the way, people are trying to kill you. Like this movie apparently was made by Ken Levine. He was like, listen, guys, Roddy needs to know he needs a warning shot that's <laughs> what we, we've agreed we need a warning shot so we've all,
2: we've all universally agreed we will not kill dissenters on the first shot
0: speaking of um gun logic i really loved the fact that everyone had legitimately god awful trigger discipline yes and i noticed it so many times in this movie But also the fact that they had unlimited ammo throughout the entire (laughs) fucking thing, (laughs) which was fucking great because there was one scene where they could have tossed down their guns and picked up other ones and completely fixed it for the whole movie. <laughs> and they but they they chose the one. not. Yeah, they kept shooting the one, and then they walked over the guns and continued with the guns they just shot about fifteen hundred rounds with. <laughs> and I'm like, if you had just picked up those two guns, I could have pretended you'd done that throughout the whole movie, but you didn't. <laughs> See,
3: I kept thinking the same thing. I was like, all right, guys, pick up the guns, or at least pick up the ammo like exactly look yeah. like you're doing something like you don't gonna pick up the whole guns and make a big show of it but just spend two seconds to show them like bending down and picking the gun up or picking the ammo up
0: it's all i need yeah yeah so um, realism in my alien movie
2: but yeah so unprompted uh preceding this whole open fire thing on this crowd of again mostly civilians <laughs> uh he he just tells these people who think that he's basically like a school shooter walking in to live out oh his columbine God. fantasies he go, he he delivers his classic line i have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and i'm all out of bubblegum it's like do you think he like practiced
3: that line going
2: in
0: <laughs> no there's no way no he didn't have <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: such thing- a, like that's one of those things that reads so differently now because like 80s action hero, it's like, you need the one liner, you need the classic hero pose. And now it just reads like a manifesto. (laughs) It's like, okay, these are my last words. If, if I go out blaze of glory, I have to say this.
0: See, well, okay, I, is, I
3: like to imagine that on his way into the bank, he was like, "All right, if there's a bunch of crazy shit in here, what am I going to say? I Got to say a line. Uh, uh, I'm here to kick your ass. No, 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 It needs a little bit of setup. It needs a little bit. Austin uh, uh,
1: vista baby.
3: No, can't use that one. Shit, uh, that was Terminators. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Um. Oh, I, I've got it. I don't have any bubble gum on me, so I'm just going to say that I came here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. But I'm all out of bubble gum, sir.
2: I was just in a grocery store. I could have gotten some bubble gum, but I neglected to.
3: I should have
1: had someone like throw gum at him be like, here, just take it.
3: <laughs> Go really long it. with the scene. It's like, I came here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I forgot to stop by the store for more bubble gum, so it seems like it's your unlucky day. <laughs>
2: and i really hate to do this and you all seem like nice people but you know uh, this ammo isn't gonna expend itself so uh here that would have been a better line oh.
3: <laughs> dude can you imagine how fucking terrified the people who have no clue why he's doing this <laughs> Like, they're over here like, thank God I didn't get shot, not aware of the fact that he was never anticipating to shoot them in the beginning with. Like, he's only, sh- you know, they're probably just like, look at this maniac with sunglasses on inside the room. And he's just like over here like blasting, ha, you're an alien. Ha! You should have just killed three people like we told
1: you to. <laughs> yeah.
2: So anyway, uh, we're like a third of the way into this movie and our protagonist has committed an act of terrorism and uh, he follows it up by sneaking into a parking garage and taking a random woman hostage and making her drive to her home at gunpoint Um, and and then just like at, at no point is he like hey this is going to sound crazy, but here's what's going on. Like, I I know I seem like an insane person with a gun. Like, here's why I'm doing this. Like, I'm so sorry to put you in this position. Can you just get me out of here? It's never like that. He like doubles down and they're like, I've got a gun. You better just drive. And it's like, okay, whatever. So they get home. Uh, some very gay, very judgmental neighbors are kind of like, huh. And then, uh, we just kind of (laughs) never see those guys again. Although they had, I don't think it
3: was, huh? That one neighbor had a watch. I was oh, like, did he? Uh, yeah, I, the first one, and then when the other one comes up, he—I didn't see him have a watch, but he may not have not put that arm up. But I kept being like, okay, <laughs> this guy sees the guy in the car, recognizes the thing, and I kept waiting for it for to be like the cops are going to come, regardless of what she did, because it was just going to be a. Uh, Uh, by the way, talking into my watch, motherfuckers, right here at this house, 1325, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, I was a little... I I guess maybe that it's better that it wasn't that predictable. But when Mm -hmm. they do so much to look at these watches, it's kind of hard to see a watch on a character and not think, Oh, yeah, okay, that's a monster. But we don't ever get that payoff.
2: Yeah. That's a good observation. I actually didn't notice the watch on the dude. So they're Mm -hmm. hanging out in the house. And this dude is doing nothing to make himself not seem like a crazy person. I always thought it was weird. Uh, always as in since the one time I watched this movie 20 minutes ago um, <laughs> he asked her to put the glasses on and says like you'll see what I see and then, like, then you'll understand and she says no and then he gives up and he's like alright
0: <laughs> why didn't that's he fight thing? her for 15 minutes Wait,
1: but
2: she,
0: <laughs> she didn't even say no she said I'm going to see what you tell me to see regardless but to me if she puts on the fucking glasses and sees it She's gonna believe you. So what does it matter if she's like, I'm gonna lie to you? Well, but right. like, I, I get it though. But that's actually, dude, on her part. I'll
3: give her. That's a pretty baller reverse psychology move. It like, is. I don't want to put these fucking glasses on. So I'm just gonna tell him that even if I do put them on, to, just just uh, to placate him, I'm going to tell him that I believe what he sees anyway. And then yeah. even if you put them on and you would be like, holy shit, I do see him. Now he's just, you know, at this point. It, you set yourself up for failure. So that now if you just do it anyway, he's going to be like, no, you don't really believe me. You're just trying to pull along with – you know what I mean? Yeah. But can we get to the more important part of <laughs> – her just straight fucking not even (laughs) wwe like fucking ufc spinning around smacking him in the head throwing him out of the goddamn window (laughs) Uh, this movie was a clearly now that i'm thinking about it like i know it's not because john carpenter but i really wish this was a wwe film like the fucking (laughs) the marine or whatever that john cena was in so Mm. so i could be like oh all this over the top action makes way more sense
1: yeah it, well, it's really it, it's, too bad that our protagonist died right there after that 40 foot fall so <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah we had I to was continue like, the whole movie saying, with somebody else a slight limp
3: <laughs> what the fuck is that
2: <laughs> yeah he falls like 30 feet and then rolls really comically down a steep ass hill
3: <laughs>
2: uh, and is totally fine like, yeah and then he's just like i'm cold and i'm in a little like alleyway thing he's just like okay never mind all like the broken ribs you probably have
1: (laughs) or back
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah he breaks his neck realistically but um yeah so he's he's evading cops he he has a rough night according to him as he later tells uh frank because he shows up at his work site and he's just like I don't, I don't want to see you here. I've got a family. <coughs> fuck this up for me. And he's just like, again, unsubtly, how do you miss an eight foot tall Sasquatch mullet man hiding on your construction site? But anyway, so. Because <laughs> he, he like everybody
1: pleans. on the construction site was like, is that Kurt Russell? Oh, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I'm not interested.
2: <laughs> so. Oh, my God. So yeah he uh he he walks away from the construction site unsuccessfully trying to get frank to join his cause frank follows him over with like somehow he got his paycheck in the 10 seconds it's been since the previous scene and he's like clocked out of work even though it's like midday and he like tosses him a bunch of cash which lands in the box that he's holding which is a fucking baller ass move kobe right (laughs) Right. yeah it's like some proto kobe shit um oh we we missed the scene where uh the dump truck he's looking for the box he sees that the trash has been taken out he sees the dump truck like 20 feet away he like opens it up driver does not notice he gets inside driver does not notice he's inside he finds the sunglasses and everything driver for some reason dumps out all of the trash into the alleyway drives drives away away. What the what fuck was is weird that? About
3: that? Is like he didn't. He thought the back was shut. So what fucking use would he have to lift it up? And then when <laughs> exactly. he not noticed the the fucking top way in the air hitting shit and the bottom <laughs> scraping on the ground, like it makes all of sense. that scene was just like uh, okay, <laughs> well, like <laughs> it's, it's a movie. Fun. It needed yeah. to happen.
2: <laughs> it's fun for our point of view to be like oh, I'm on a slide of garbage, but yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, he's in the alleyway and then, yeah, Frank shows up, tosses him some cash, and then he's like, you gotta put these sunglasses on, and then he's like, I don't wanna, make me. And then they have the world's longest fight scene.
0: That's the Chris, movie.
2: I-, I need your help. Can you help uh, down uh, some of the, the fighting techniques here? Because I'm just so...
0: <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so I I saw some jujitsu from N- Nada. Mm. Uh, it was mixed with a little bit of you know clearly there was some mixed martial arts background yeah with his wwe um i really like
2: commenting on this somewhere
0: definitely definitely (laughs) joe rogan was in the car just on dmt just like fucking aliens man (laughs) the fucking aliens man just put on the glasses you can see the fucking aliens man he was in the car that got
3: smacked with a two by four in the back window which just made his trip go (laughs) way the fuck south yeah i thought that that...
1: i fucking told you man (laughs) the fucking aliens are real (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah it was a lot of it was a lot a good amount of you know wwe and a good amount of just some kimbo slice ass stuff <laughs> yeah you know? oh
1: man i forgot about him holy rest shit in peace, kimbo.
0: <laughs> didn't kimbo die
3: he did ah man why does everybody die speaking of died uh roddy piper died in 2015 oh, sure. RIP, <laughs> r.i.p homie spoilers uh, so, yeah, right. i haven't seen 2015 yet
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait till uh, you see the sequel it becomes a nightmare so have
3: any of you guys and probably not blake but i've still throw the question out there have any of you guys seen full metal alchemist uh, regrettably
0: not. i've watched a couple of episodes Re-
3: regrettably regrettably not
0: oh okay i must say whew, <laughs> there Tough is up. a scene
3: furnace real that bad this is this is a hot take for this movie but they kept trying to kind of pull that for some reason Nada is into Holly despite yeah. Holly never being worth it. But I think the real thing going on here was some behind the scenes broke back mountain, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think I think our boy Nada here and Frank I think the reason they were going their whole thing is that they loved each other, you know? And it reminds me, even though it's it's just so ridiculous, there's a, a scene in Full Metal Alchemist where one of the big super muscular guys comes up to another big super muscular guy and like their way of showing each other respect is like flexing on each other (laughs) and like it's it's ridiculous but in this whole movie i was like dude frank seems like he's way more into nada than anyone else is (laughs) so i just kind of had that feeling of like okay like they're trying to tell us that holly's the love interest with no real Mm build-up but i'm really seeing that the love interest is my boy frank here
2: there's no romance like
3: bromance just hey, just saying. You know, I mean, he's putting his whole life on the line. He's got a wife and a kid, as he says, but yeah. he's over here following this man into the nowhere <laughs> land. After he's told him the whole movie, uh, he kept kind of pulling the "listen, man, I don't want to be involved," but really, secretly, he did want to be involved because he wanted to spend a little bit more time. You know what I mean? Please involve me. Yeah, this so is called anyway.
0: this is a, a bromantic uh, comedy. <laughs> so
3: anyway
2: after like three years of fighting uh he finally puts on the damn glasses and he sees what they were talking about and uh yeah he he has his own uh few minutes of walking around gawking uh before you know they're on the run from the cops too so they they walk up to this like i i guess it's a motel kind of thing and this ancient ass dude who's like smoking and reading the paper looks up and is like what the fuck have these guys been doing um and I, I love that he's the only person who reacts like realistically to if you saw two guys who were beat to shit walk into your like place that is in a hospital but uh
3: anyway so they walk before up we like, get too far from it the yes. it, did anybody else i mean like i know we loosely touched on it but within the within the story itself i don't understand why frank wouldn't just put the goddamn glasses on yeah i don't (laughs) get it either like was he worried that the glasses were gonna have like chloroform on them and like he was gonna put them on and be knocked out and dragged to like none of it made sense to me i was like just i i could get just being like no and then doing like one punch or two and then being like fine fuck it i'll put the glasses on just to shut you up or something (laughs) but no it's like instead a 45 minute fight scene has to ensue just to make sure that i I guess because he didn't want to get involved yeah right well that that was man and a wife in detroit i think he was looking for
0: physical contact with my boy nada damn i think if we're gonna go with the movie i think in what i took from that was that he already knew but he had enough cognitive dissonance that he could leave it alone Hmm. you know, the
3: movie kind of does do that because like you know he keeps looking over and seeing that the guy's looking he's like leave it alone he's hinting that like he has an idea of what it is but because yeah. he's not put the glasses on and seen for himself he can live in that world of
0: I- blissful ignorance exactly yeah that's a fair point which i am on his side never do that to me never force me to look past the veil <laughs> i don't want to
2: <laughs> you're taking the blue pill and eating that fake
0: steak every time Absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the the red pill is a straight up mean thing to do to someone. Like I don't know why Morpheus isn't considered a villain. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, well that'll be a separate
0: discussion. Possibly we watch of your the Matrix.
2: <laughs> um so yeah, uh they're they're hanging out in their spot and we see them talking like it's like that night or like the next morning, their faces have completely healed miraculously
3: that annoyed the shit out of me uh,
1: I I
2: love it though because I mean like with how dedicated they were to that fight like what are you going to have them have fucked up faces for the rest of the whole movie because like if you're going to give them a
3: 45 minute fight scene (laughs) then yes make sure they're otherwise what was the goddamn point
2: (laughs) I I think you hit the nail on the head what was the goddamn point
0: (laughs) Uh, we we keep keep going going back to it beautiful bodies It was, it was insane you just want to see that meat slap boy <laughs> oh, meatspin.com. <laughs> oh. Uh meatspin.com speaking of
2: now's a perfect time to get into our sponsor meatspin.com
3: and,
0: uh, but, i can't uh, wait till
3: we uh, can get sponsored we should try and get weird sponsors like that you know <laughs> but this uh, episode
0: brought to you by the pain <laughs> we, should, we, should get, we should get an episode where we have Adam and Eve and X-Lax and can go, get your x for when you're plugged up on Adam and Eve. Oh, That's a weird coincidence because my pick
1: for next week is two girls, one cup.
0: <laughs> oh, I think the other one that would have worked would have
3: been uh, Zach and Miri make a porno. Oh, that would have been good, yeah. Oh, I was going to say one man,
2: one jar. Anyway. Oh. Um, so uh, the dude we saw at the camp uh rolls up he's got the sunglasses on he's like hey i see that you guys have drank the kool-aid you guys are aware of what's going on we've got a meeting going on later tonight hit it up and uh we cut to later on they pull up this uh sons of anarchy looking dude whispers over to them <laughs> he's like things are changing or like whatever he says but like he's like he's got like, a really like sweet like unintimidating voice for like just posting up with a gun outside this door right uh, and he like
3: points at his eyes and you're like what the fuck is this dude on (laughs) it's like yo i'm awake as fuck right now
1: (laughs) fucking sheeple everywhere (laughs) not here i'm not a sheeple (laughs) uh
0: so i won't wear a mask uh
2: so they they roll in and uh they give up their sunglasses which is something that's a little sus but then they're immediately given contact lenses which they put in with their dirty hands and uh for me the movie would be over right there because i'd be writhing in pain due to the impending eye infection (laughs) but anyway apparently they've got a contact lens version of this technology that they've been developing in a meth lab and they've managed to mass produce these contacts uh But anyway, so they have their whole meeting and there's a whole argument about like, oh, we need to take power to the streets right now. We need to get out there and do it. And the leader with no apparent or direct plan is like, no, we need to bite our time, all this stuff. And then they're like trying to figure out the source of the signal. And then Holly walks in and is like, yo, it's not at this news station. And then fucking WWF Nada over here is like, oh, hey, it's that girl I held hostage. I have
3: a crush on her. I'm going to go talk to her. No, what he says to himself is, I've got to throw the scent. People
0: are starting to pick up on me and Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got to see as <coughs>
2: straight as possible. Um,
0: <laughs> I was a little surprised, actually, sorry to interrupt, but with the the motel scene, we kind of went over quickly, yes. that there was no joke about <laughs> them being gay. I was really shocked, because that seemed like an 80s joke of them talking right? to a teller yeah. and being like, Oh, we want two beds. We're not gay. Two beds, <laughs> two beds. We're just friends. We're just we're just hanging out. You know, I was shocked that it, I was uh, shocked it didn't go there. We're just fully pl- platonic heterosexual life partners, <laughs> bro. We're just here to watch football in the room. <laughs> <laughs> totally clothed, place. bro. Totally clothed. <laughs> I've got two pairs of pants on.
2: <laughs> we need some place to clean each other's wounds, if you know what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway. Or brush my
0: tonsils. Uh,
2: so, so he walks over. Uh, Nada walks over to Holly, and there's this whole conversation. And she apologizes to him for not believing him, and he does not at all apologize for holding her hostage <laughs> in her own home. <laughs> she was she vindicated. Doesn't get her
3: apology out before she gets fucking exploded. <laughs> that's true. She's like, she's like, listen, I'm sorry about the, <laughs> you know what I'm I mean? I'm sorry about the
2: explosion that's about to happen because I sold everybody out. 100 <laughs>
0: percent. I, I couldn't believe the just fuck me eyes she had in that entire scene. Like, why are you looking at him this way? He's a bad man. He's
2: yeah. objectively
0: a dangerous and bad person. <laughs> Look, I, I don't mean to disparage homeless people, but if... <laughs> going to anyway. but I'm a, going
1: to anyways. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. I, look, if a homeless person carrying six guns and a shotgun and a billy club walked up to me unwashed and it was like unwashed. i just killed eight people because they're aliens you can't see them without my ray-bans <laughs> but you're going to take me to your house i love that in that first scene that we kind of skipped over when
3: he's on like he oh, he's on the floor leaning against her couch and he's like i've had a bad day and, and he's like sorry you know whatever and then she's like no you're in charge i'm like do you think he's fucking role playing lady <laughs> <laughs> like, he's larping t- Eduardo, you are in charge. You've done it. Don't be a dirty apple thief. I'll do anything That's to a get Scrubs out of this. But that shit nice. just cracked me up. I'm like, she's over here giving this dude bedroom eyes, and then basically like I, I think i always thought uh, until later i was like did she hit this dude in the head because he wouldn't role play with her <laughs> like he tr- he was more worried about the tv it's like that blink 182 song where like the girl's clearly into him it's like but then i turned on the tv and she was like no nah, fuck that Whop! out my window uh,
2: <laughs> what's
0: my age again i believe
2: yeah yes and I neglected to mention where he's, like, dozing off on the couch, and she, like, starts to get up, and he's like, don't fuck with don't me fuck with, with
0: his, me. his <laughs> eyes
1: closed. It's
2: like, that, that's a very normal thing to say, sir.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he was not, he was giving very mixed signals about what his intentions were. So, look, I, I know we're going to get there, but Josh already kind of mentioned that she
3: sold it out. And you want to talk about not a plot twist at fucking all. From the moment <laughs> no, no. that she was in the car with him and going through, I was like, now nah, this bitch shady. And then when they got to the house and she was doing her thing, I was like, "Not nah, bitch shady. And then she's like, oh, I work for the TV station, bitch shady. Knock him out of the house, <laughs> bitch shady. I was just like, there's no way, nothing. And like when they reintroduce her, I was like, nice try, guys. I know that he's in love with Frank and that she sold everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> You are not going to interrupt this bromance.
2: <laughs> so, yeah.
3: Uh, R.I.P. Frank, man. <laughs> so we'll like, get there, but R.I.P. Frank. Uh,
2: another 8,000 cops descend on this building, blow out the wall, massacre so everyone inside. Uh, they, they shoot the guy with the live grenade, which he then drops, which I assume blows up the gun table that it was right next to. Uh, but the smallest
1: really... grenade explosion I've ever seen, I think.
2: <laughs> it was like some sparks in the window behind him I don't right it's like he dropped was. a
1: firecracker <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's like ah oh, shit I bought this from the phantom store again <laughs> but anyway These black uh, cats
1: are worthless
2: <laughs> they escape into the alleyway uh, they shoot the same guy off the roof twice uh, with, with their infinite ammo because um, they've been playing a lot of GTA they've got the cheat codes active You know, it's just it's San Andreas all up in this biz and there it's just so many bullets it's impressive honestly uh but yeah so frank's fucking with the watch uh nada's like oh dude like there's a whole bunch of them coming this way and then like he opens a portal behind them which is like a, i didn't know the watches could do that but the portal's talking to them and it's like hey your watch is fucked up you better <clears throat> get in this hole now and this portal's gonna close and we're gonna deactivate your watch so How fucking
3: convenient <laughs> yeah uh,
2: so it the the yeah, hole in the ground, Frank goes in there reluctantly as fuck, uh, after shooting another nine million rounds, Nada follows him in. Is it NaDA or Nada? I'm just reading it, and I can't even think of how it's pronounced anymore.:
1: I can't Listen,
3: I, I think that Frank had been waiting that whole movie to get into a hole, if you know what I'm talking about, so he was fine to jump in. You don't worry about it.
2: I mean, at least this way he does for sure get to secure his place on
3: bottom. he's a switch but hold on he's 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 a bottom while also going into a hole did he just become the first top bottom
0: damn bro this movie's making history (laughs) He's just the middle guy who you spin around like a top (laughs) he's he's the middle dude of the human centipede
2: (laughs) uh okay so uh they they drop into uh the la tunnels uh which is a great cameo and those tunnels are cool as fuck by the way uh they're walking around there are no security cameras and no guards no one notices these two obvious strangers with firearms descend into their hidden area uh speaking of descending into hidden areas god phrasing um (laughs) so they're walking around they walk past these guards who are like oh yeah we did it and they like high five and walk away from their post <laughs> <laughs> the war is over boys let's go get <laughs> fucked up a mission accomplished so yeah they keep on walking down the hall and there's like a again mid or no it's like late at night i guess there's this gala happening underground in this really <coughs> decadent room and I'm hoping you guys I'm hoping you guys can explain this for me because this dude greets them as
3: an old buddy and I have no idea who the fuck he is. He was the homeless guy who was complaining about the T V being fucked up. Was he was a guy who was like, ah, oh, the fucking hackers. Mm. So what ended up happening is in the long run he ended up selling out and going with them so that he could stop being homeless. That's kind of why he was giving them the like, ah, oh, you other homeless boys have also joined me in the life of luxury. Mm. <laughs>
2: Okay, I, I didn't recognize him all cleaned up, so I wasn't sure where he was.
3: That's because he got all that money. You didn't hear him say. I thought you dressed more nicely, with you know, considering you can afford it now.
2: Right. I, yeah, I got that part. I was just trying to like place him. Like I was like, I, I'm. I get that there is a connection. I just wasn't sure who he was specifically. But okay. Yeah. Good to know. But yeah, so uh, they they walk in armed to this meeting of the powerful people that just happens to happen just right here with no guards at the door and no one notices them and uh, yeah they get the grand tour they're walking around they're seeing all this cool stuff and then fuck they see this 80s ass TV room and they go into uh, (laughs) they go into the movie studio or the the TV studio and uh, he's all like I'm sorry I'm so spacing here Um, he's like oh I'd love to see the inside of a like a TV studio I've never seen one before and he's like oh these guys are my buddies like I'll sort it out and then they just kind of like
3: stonewall him and then he just fucking shoot their way in um, my favorite part was the fact that he was like well you boys are in luck because these guys are my friends like so, hey buddies i got some friends here and then they were like yeah fuck you dude <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why that shit made me laugh so hard because i like he's over here walking around like he's big shit he's been here for like a day probably yeah and he's just like oh look boys <laughs> Uh, Let me get you on in. I've got the hookup, as they say. And that hookup (laughs) meant absolutely fucking nothing. Though I did love how his exit was just like, oh, by the way, fuck you guys, watch. (laughs) Yeah. Oh,
2: which, by the way, we see roughly the scope of this whole thing because they show them this weird, like, ah, fuck, what's the movie called? Uh, Galaxy Quest. It's like a Galaxy Quest-ass, like, (laughs)
0: airport into space
2: standing (laughs) on the edge of infinity kind of thing and it's like oh this this place serves so many people here are two of them and we're just gonna like light speed teleport you through anywhere and it's like okay so this is like a big this is happening everywhere um opening the door for a sequel that hasn't happened yet but fingers crossed um just kidding no one needs more sequels (laughs) so anyway back to the tv studio they start shooting their way in uh first of all they have to point out that the glass is soundproof and that means not even a bullet is going to be heard by the people on the other side, which is a plus movie logic.
3: He did beat the shit out of the window though. He was like, doo, doo. yeah, it's soundproof. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I love that. He, I guess his hypothesis was like, hey, guys, I'm pretty sure this is soundproof. What do you say we beat on the goddamn glass on the off chance that it is indeed soundproof?
2: <laughs> and, and it's not going to matter because we're going to throw a grenade into the studio two seconds later. <laughs> Which, uh, so anyway, they do that. Um, is this before or after? Okay, never mind. So yeah they throw the grenade in they again open f- fire live rounds in a room full of mostly regular people and some of the they live aliens and uh chaos fucking ensues and then i i'm spacing here is this where they they start heading up to the roof yeah <laughs> okay cool
3: by the way i think we should call them valians considering the movie says valians. they live they, they are valians
2: okay that, that, that's, solid. that's my I, contribution I... for the show. <laughs> oh, my God. I am so... I have really underestimated the effort it takes to recap an entire movie, and I'm regretting choosing this, but I'm going to see it through because we're almost to the finish line. So here we go.
3: This Talk is again. our test run of this uh, of this setup, you know what I mean? <laughs> it
2: is. I, uh, I'd like to thank everyone for following me down this uh, dead-end corridor. I'm going to open fire on all of you now. Um, so anyway... <laughs> yeah so he gets up the stairs frank gets killed unceremoniously off screen by holly who appears briefly and like literally does nothing like they just kind of carry her away and they're just like hey come with us and she's like okay like i don't even know if she gets like a line of dialogue but anyway she kills frank off screen and then fucking hero protagonist aiming at the dish and he's like all right you clear and she's like i'm clear and it's like oh the twist we totally didn't see coming except <laughs> we did because you weren't given you weren't given any character development or redeeming qualities or lines of dialogue
3: you know this ties back into some of the stuff we were talking about when we were t- like talking about scarface of and i actually think scarface did way more for that Female characters in this movie did. Mm. I was like, this is the most useless female <laughs> character I've ever seen. She only exists as a getaway and a throwaway love interest. That's yeah. it. She has no other purpose besides this magical twist, I guess. But it's not even a. Like, it's not a twist because you see it coming from way before the you know forty five day fight <clears throat> scene. So it's just. <laughs> it is what it is but it just seemed like such a waste of a character you know nothing about her besides the fact that she's totally into role playing mm-hmm. I mean that that's an important detail that is true maybe that's <laughs> she's she's a sub that's why that's, mm. that's her thing you're in charge she's a sub and that's why she's going for the aliens cause you know she's subbing out uh the aliens yeah the, the aliens I'm sorry I gotta follow my own rules here Jesus
2: uh so yeah uh she points the gun at him and he's all like boom i got a surprise fucking assassin's creed sleeve pistol and uh he kills her the helicopter's all like oh by the way there's a helicopter uh for those of you who've been following my nonsense recap of this movie and uh yeah he turns and shoots this dish and it uh death star explodes (laughs) as as he gets gunned down by the cops in the helicopter which he flips off in the carnage of the uh the satellite dish and uh fuck yeah it seems to somewhat it doesn't do like a happily ever after but it basically is like all right it broke the signal everyone immediately is seeing all of these aliens on tv and around them and under them in some cases and (laughs) that ending was great (laughs) (laughs) oh my god It, it it wouldn't be an 80s movie without gratuitous boobs
3: so, look, I, I, I feel like we need to stop real quick because I've I'm not sorry. heard Chris or Blake say a word. So, I just want to make sure they were still in the conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. we <over> should <laughs> okay. wait until everybody finished. I think. <laughs>
1: <sighs> okay,
2: now I can take a breath now. That's, that, that's They Live, guys.
1: Well, I do yeah. want to say that um, Keith David's character's death was like the most unceremonious character death that I've ever seen. Mm. I it was <laughs> you like know what? borderline off screen. I almost like missed it because I was writing something down. <laughs> I
0: I straight
3: up didn't know what happened to him. I didn't <laughs> I, know he died until see, you said I it. I kind of thought that they did it the way they did it too. I actually was <clears> going <throat> through my brain. I was like, did they do it to be vague, just so you don't have to know for sure whether he's dead, or did they do it to try and subvert the trend of the black guy always dies first, or what? Mm. I was like, you know, what's what's their thing? What what are they going for right here? Uh, but it did feel weird because they spent so much time building him up that it was just unceremonious is the perfect word. It's like, you don't even like, you don't even validate him with like a proper death.
0: <laughs> yeah. I will yeah. say the name they live is really weird in a movie where everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> they live while we sleep. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> um but yeah so i i know i kind of monopolized the talking for that whole recap part but i kind of wanted to give us a chance to go through each of the things that happen because there's a lot of fucking funny shit that happens in this movie that isn't really tied to a bigger thematic element and now i i'm really curious uh because th- there's some heavy thematic presence in this movie for sure so like blake i'm really curious what stood out for you um remind me this was your first viewing of it right so like going into it uh, expectation versus like seeing it now what are your thoughts
1: so I didn't have very much in the way of expectations because I've always heard of this movie but again like I kind of thought it was like a horror film so Mm -hmm. going in I expected something totally different but like thematically the movie kind of like whips its dick out and slaps you with (laughs) anti-capitalism which I'm totally okay with (laughs) <laughs> like slap me with that dick all the time i love it anti-capitalism i'm good with it so uh, can we take this
3: can we take that sound bite Sla- uh, yeah i'll take care of it <laughs> thanks no <laughs> can, I ha- can I have it as a ringtone please uh, Yeah, I, I will definitely have it as my ringtone though considering that I do not know any of you like we don't get to see each other in person it's going to be really weird for some random person to be like why is your ringtone slap me with that dick
0: <laughs> I'm auto tune it and put it over the TikTok theme song
3: slap me slap with, me that, with dick. that dick
0: oh I will totally make a beat behind that if you
2: auto tune it <laughs> yeah okay I'm doing it We've got <laughs> this. Good, good job Blake Great I, I work.
1: formally resigned for this podcast <laughs>
2: <laughs> goodbye muted I've, I've gotten half
3: of the cast to resign in this one episode <laughs> the, the beat the and beat the song will be a Patreon exclusive <laughs> yes
2: o- honestly we should just do that we should do like a, a dumb soundbite turned into a song per month
3: or something mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be fun <laughs> that way everyone knows that Blake quote <laughs> yeah. No, quote it. Go ahead. <laughs> no, because then I can get. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember what I said. What I say, Brett? Come on. <laughs> he Blake said-, said that Blake wants to be slapped <laughs> again. Blake with a dick of communism right on Blake's face. So, you know.
0: <laughs> I can do some creative editing. That's easy. <laughs>
3: so yeah
2: obviously incredibly critical of especially for at the time that this was being made you know made in 87 released in 88 uh peak 80s consumerism so and especially relevant then but I I think it's super interesting now how it's like a lot of it still applies like well hmm. I think I'll save my thoughts for after uh, Chris has had a chance to talk on this (laughs) Sorry, that was a bad transition.
0: (laughs) Go. What am am I commenting on? I don't don't think I have anything to say. Just real quick um,
1: Chris, go ahead and tell us why you
0: agree with communism.
2: Yeah, in detail.
0: Okay. (laughs) Let me start. All right, we these get these it. Yeah. You can talk now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brett, what
2: about
3: you? Uh, themes in this movie. So the thing about this movie, and, I, and it's something we've all done in the show to some degree, of course, uh, this movie clearly exists as a movie that has a ton of things that you can be like, oh, that's a theme, that's a theme, that's potentially a theme. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of a good way to bring up something that is kind of the funny part of analyzing stuff like this when you're going through and you can view it. When you view it with the intent of trying to look at anything like that, it kind of gives you something that I always call the English teacher effect, where, like, you know, there's like the long running joke where it's like an English teacher will have you read a book or a poem or something and it'll be like, the chair is red. And then you'll be like, okay, the teacher will be like, what does that mean? and it'll just be like oh oh, okay that's it just means that the chair is red she's like no it represents the characters like deep-seated anger rising to the surface Mm. and that kind of ridiculous stuff but it's like you could look at this movie and one of the closest tie-ins that's actually in film that people are likely to know uh that kind of touches on this subject is in in inglorious bastards there's a scene where they're playing a, a a little game where they have the cards on their head and they have to describe the situation, mm. and uh I think we've all seen Inglorious Bastards. uh Yeah, they're doing the thing where it's like, uh, was I brought, uh, was I brought to America in chains, and all these different things that are true of both King Kong and the American slavery story, mm. and uh, so of course he says, well, am I the American slave thing or whatever, and then he's like, oh, well, no, then I must be King Kong. The funny thing about that oh. is like, the people from King Kong have said over and over again, that's not at I... all what they were trying to do. Uh, so I always thought it was like really interesting that while this movie has a ton of things that look like they could be obvious themes, I think that that's also true of King, <clears throat> thought King Kong, but King Kong had no intention of making something that was symbolic of anything. They were mm-hmm. just trying to make a movie with events. So you brought up some of them like you know there's economic disparity and downturns there's like resilience of the human spirit from this co-op coming together and doing their thing as well as of course the band of people who are trying to fight back against the valiants. The uh there's the dangers of american leadership being the, the way i kind of viewed it of course this is just one of mine some of the other ones are ones i could see someone saying um But I did see kind of like the idea of the American leadership being dehumanized or alien by being so separate from the working class. There's the danger of blindly following your country, which is uh, lightly addressed at the beginning. It's not really something that's brought up too much more. But, you know, he says, uh, you know, I follow the rules. Uh, I believe in America. But all the stuff is going on. Mm -hmm. There's the power of persuasion that media holds over us. There's a million things you could look at. But it's it's kind of funny to think, like, in reality, could this just be a movie about aliens hiding in plain sight to try and undermine the human race? Like, Sure. could that? Be I don't the, think so. I don't think so either. I think it's way
0: too ham-fisted. Yeah, it's that, not even remotely subtle, I don't think.
3: Yeah, I don't think so either. But, again, that's why I brought up the King Kong reference, because I think when you watch King Kong, it seems ham-fisted. But to have mm-hmm. the creator be like, yeah, that was totally not our intention at all, is kind of interesting and it speaks a lot about how art definitely something like this is so open for interpretation that i almost think that the way this movie is so ham-fisted that you can almost come in with any thesis and be like okay this is what i think and the movie has something within it that could kind of support it you could like this is a movie about police brutality okay yeah they do have like a shitload of swat police come in and beat the fuck out of people I don't know if police brutality was a problem in the 80s, so it may not have actually been about that. It's always been a problem. Again, I don't know. I wasn't alive in the 80s, so I have no real frame of reference. It's just it's one of those interesting things of I feel like the movie because of how glued it, it's weird how well the movie still works to modern day. Like it's almost worse now. We don't even have to go to a magazine stand or have the TV on. We shove a screen in our face that has ads constantly going to it. We don't we give away our information for free for people to try and pull stuff to us to further make us buy into the capitalistic system and not that i think that there's necessarily a a huge issue with capitalism it's a really interesting conversation to have but it's one of those things where the movie is open for probably an almost endless amount of interpretations yeah
2: yeah and i I think to your point uh this is one of the very few movies that i've seen and honestly wanted a modern uh remake of it obviously I don't want it in the cynical Hollywood kind of way. I want it to be done meaningfully, but I think it's one of those messages where it is, if anything more resonant now than ever. And I think it's one of those things where if you do it right and you're employing all the things that make this movie effective with just sort of updated filmmaking, you know, better writing, better characters and looking at better the writing? what we know now,
1: <laughs> you can't uh, get better than this. <laughs>
2: I I know it's hard to imagine, Um, (laughs) but
3: longer fight scenes even. Uh, (laughs) I know that this is like (laughs) unlikely to happen, but this would be the kind of movie that I think does have so much going on, even for the parts that are kind of odd. Like, Like it's super enjoyable. Um, but I would love almost to see specifically John Carpenter come back to this movie and be the director and sole by like, creative mind behind a modern day reboot, essentially. You know, yeah. there's something that's so interesting about having the mind that originally saw this vision through come back and do it through the lens of what we where we are today as opposed to what, thirty five years ago? Yeah. So
2: I agree. Uh, And to your point. Go ahead, Blake.
1: I would almost want to see this as like a series, though. Because I think there was a lot of stuff that because it was so short and because of it being a feature-length film was that they had to kind of like, oh, they threw the watch and then a hole opened and now they're in here. And then, oh, (laughs) this guy they know helps them get there. And then other things as well. Like, I almost think... Movie uh,
3: happenstances.
1: Right, exactly. Like, I think this movie was really bad about having, like, shit happened just to move the plot along. Mm-hmm. And so I think that being a long form TV show could really help the story, if that makes sense. It could actually be better in the long
3: run. Well, to that point, I found it really interesting how well the intro to the movie is handled. Like, they show a lot of restraint in actually introducing the primary plot point. They really yeah. do a big setup to kind of get you invested in the world and understanding what's kind of going on and not just immediately having him learn that these aliens are here like it takes a good 30 minutes to get into that which is it's a real slow burn yeah and and i i actually enjoyed that like it's even the intro kind of sets that up it's like it's uh he's walking through and seeing all these different things and looking but he's not really talking and there's just that theme song playing is kind of going through the little opening song it just kind of sets it up for the fact of like hey this is going to be a movie that kind of moves at a pace that seems realistic to an extent to what they're trying to do like of course there's the you know, his muscles glistening while he's holding the binoculars and stuff but it shows a lot of restraint for a premise that would be really easy to just be like all right so we start the movie and five minutes in guess what people are aliens no <laughs> you know
2: yeah that's solid um I, I guess real quick to uh, the, the updating it line of thought uh, I wanted to throw in this little tidbit of trivia uh, in fall 2010 there was development on a remake of the film with John Carpenter in a producer role uh, in 2011 Matt Reeves signed on to direct and write the screenplay the project oh, wow. also also shifted away from being a remake of They Live to a re-adaptation of 8 o'clock in the morning ditching the satirical and political elements since then there have been no new announcements
1: what would this movie be without the political elements, though? Like, well, I've never read the short to, story, so I don't know. Yeah,
3: I think that would have to come down to it. Um, the short story chooses to use imagery from the movie, so I'm sure there's still some corporatism stuff in it, corporate greed and all that. Um and generally still talk about the power of media. But I think at that particular age, you can look at that stuff being separated from specifically politics. I think we view a lot of those things through the political lens nowadays because they've gotten so tied into politics that it's hard to talk about them. Without. Yeah, I was going
1: to say, both of those things are political.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I don't know that they always have been. Uh, sure. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think media, There's a there is a line and a date where you can kind of look back and see where media started having too much power in a political fashion. I think it's always had it, but not in as direct a sense as they do now. Uh, but that's also up for interpretation. So I, it is, it's is—it's hard to say. I'd really, I'm actually kind of interested in reading the short story just to see where the parallels are because what's kind of fun when someone adapts a story like that is to see what they pull from the story and choose to focus on and what it makes them think of that they choose to be like, well, this is one of the big things I think could be added to the story that I've got a touch of but not as much as I would have wished for. I don't know.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i I agree i'm curious to see if that ever surfaces but yeah uh well shit theme wise i i i have to say i agree that this movie is incredibly over the top i think there's something about it especially with like how stylish it is and i'm totally a sucker for just shit being stylish um but I, i think it's It manages to get away with being so ham-fisted because it's is—it's blunt and it's effective in its bluntness, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's one of those movies that, like, I, I just think the way it carries itself, it manages to not be, like, while there are moments that are goofy, I think the way it addresses a lot of these, you know, societal ills and, you know, these systemic things that it's bringing to our attention, the point is to be over the top, because these things are over the top in our real lives, and sometimes to the point where we don't even like we're so used to it but if you you know it's just one of those things of like if you just flip something on its head suddenly it becomes a completely different like you just perceive it differently and i think that's like it's it's especially effective watching this movie now removed from like those commercials being in like rotation where it's like we watch like how like cheesy in the 80s it is where it's like dudes in like neon polos like jumping and high-fiving at the park and stuff and it's like you know just the tone of like talk shows and the tone of like the sanctimonious like you know kind of religious figures on TV it's so like th- there's something removed where we're not living in that time we look at that and we're like that's fucking goofy how did people not like laugh at that constantly but that was reality for you know for for a while and it's like we have our own versions of that everywhere we are where it's just like i think it does a really good job of presenting uh how your perception of something can change when you're removed from it versus when you're living it and ultimately i think that's why uh this movie's being so on the nose works really well is like yeah this shit is in our faces all the time but we kind of just like you know we're used to it or whatever or we just kind of we know this stuff and we just kind of take it for granted of like oh yeah it's you know it's super consumerism zuckerberg has all my info but eh what are you going to do <laughs> yeah <Correct. clears
0: throat> so do you have something to say chris i was just saying i correct that zuckerberg has all your info and there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> <laughs> so i think one of the things that you could pull
3: from this right is even if you wanted to pull it away from like the political aspects and all that stuff i think part of what the movie is kind of doing is like a super dramatized way of something that we were talking about earlier when i was saying like it's so easy to become numb to stuff Mm. that that, like again in a super dramatized sense you don't notice things that are happening right in front of you because you're so numb to them i think that's part of what the movie is kind of looking at it's like you know it's Dramatizing it with a signal that's sending something out to block something so that you don't see it. But it's not that far removed from, from people who are just, you're so surrounded by something all the time and so steeped in it that you don't even realize some of the things that are going around you until you stop and have something kind of shake up your perception which is kind of what this movie does, like the glasses are the catalyst that lets them kind of see, like, oh, this is what you've been living in this whole time, but only now when this something made you think and look at something differently, In this movie quite literally look at it differently, does it kind of come to bear.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, one of, uh, again, the the sermon given on TV is very, it's very not subtle at all. And, And I think it's one of those things where over time we kind of require like the way we talk about things to shift a little bit. And I think like the way we engage with these ideas today is more cynical and more injected with like ironic humor, uh, where like if someone were to bring this stuff up as like passionately and directly now, it's kind of like you immediately write them off as like a tinfoil hat conspiracist. And it's like, you have to kind of have like a low key, like, Oh yeah. by by the way, like Jeff Bezos is like profiting off of like the literal deaths of his workers, but you know, it's whatever. Here's a meme about it. It's not like, you know, we we perceive it differently. And it's like, I I don't know. I I always think that's a really interesting thing to like touch on of like being aware of something versus how you engage with it. And sometimes how you present the information is 100% of how receptive people are to the information, regardless of what it is you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it's... I don't know. There's so much to talk about that still applies, like whether it's, you know, police brutality or whether it's uh, the, the way... I, I don't. It, it's kind of like... It, it's obvious. It's not even like a thing that you can expound on much. It's just kind of like, yeah, rich, rich people kind of, you know, it's... This exists to benefit them, mostly. I mean, there's... There are uh, carrots on sticks and there are things that can make people feel invested in the overall sort of, like, progression of this thing of, like, oh, maybe one day I can be in that position of power. Um, well, it,
3: it, go ahead. Like, the guy that we were introduced to, and I think his name's, like, Flowers or something, is what they call him, uh, but the guy who gives them the tour when they come down. Hmm. Uh, there's, you know, the movie doesn't just, like, directly say it, and maybe that's for the better, or I don't know. I, I kind of wish it would have had something that to touched on a little more, but the movie kind of doesn't, I guess it, regardless, it's, like, the ridiculous fact that the humans are willing to lay down the fact that they're going to essentially be used because they're able to be part of it because they just happen to know and find out the information mm. it, it's so ridiculous but it also shows a lot about how humans are when they think that something's going to benefit them that yeah. they're willing to sacrifice the long term to benefit them in the short term or as we see a lot uh, this could be a, a kind of the idea of like People look at it generationally where it's like the generation before us will do something that benefits them but damages the generations past them. Uh, we, we see that all the time with like pollution and people talking about the housing market and all these crazy things of how a previous generation has an effect on the reality of the current generation trying to exist and do similar things in a time period that they can't because the other people were self-centered and focused. And maybe they weren't trying to do it for ill intent. It's just how it happened. And that's the thing is about this movie that's so funny. It's like you have this room full of people that are like, ah, we've got money and status and power. But that money and status and power only exists so long as they have a need for Earth. And once they've gone through and dried everything up, they can leave it and none of what you did matters. So you have this Mm -hmm. one group who is like, you know, seeing through of like, hey, it doesn't matter. They're giving you money, status, and power. That money and status power is essentially fake. You know, yep. we're looking at the long term, and how this is going to affect not only us but generations to come.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's like you've got you've got ringside seats to watch. You know, some giant shark eat a bunch of poor people, and then we're going to flood the arena afterward, and you're going to die when we flood the arena, but you'll be really close to the action while it's happening. <laughs>
3: That's a good good metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Is that from something, or did you just come up with that on the top of your head? I I was just
2: ad-libbing and hoping to God I finished the sentence coherently.
0: (laughs) Totally. Great job, friend. You
2: nailed it. The midweek manatee would be proud. Yes,
0: I would. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so i'd actually like to cut to the midweek manatee i'm really curious how the midweek manatee took this film and just a- any thoughts that stood out to our by the way for those who don't know we have a mascot that we uh, we'd like to introduce for the first time uh kind of a play on the name midweek matinee and also you know nartex got the narwhal so it was high time we jump on the bandwagon and introduce our own mascot without further ado the midweek manatee
0: Hi guys. Oh, it's okay. It's cold down here.
2: <laughs>
3: well, uh, where are you at right now?
0: Oh, um, I, I think it's the Pacific Ocean, but I've just been swimming.
3: Would you yeah. happen to be twenty thousand leagues under the sea?
0: Well, I had to come up to talk to you.
2: Damn. Oh fucking smart ass man Jesus Christ well anyway uh, what did you think of the movie H- how do you feel like it ages uh, do you feel like it holds up watching it in 2020 versus it being you know a nearly 30 year old movie an over 30 year old movie
0: yeah um, <clears throat> I, I really liked it it, uh, it reminded me of how I feel about Blue Whales hmm. I, I don't I don't trust Blue Whales and I think it's the same kind of thing because we're all whales, but the blue whales are different whales. So mm. I, 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 like see. the movie. Yeah. You've
3: taught me a lot about uh, nautical life. I, I didn't know that manatees were related to whales.
0: Well, I, neither do I. I'm Whale? just, I'm just uh, living my life <laughs> on this mortal coil uh, until I, you know, eventually get hit by a boat.
2: Yeah, that, that sounds yeah. like a tragic existence
0: well so is life wow <laughs>
1: deep
2: thoughts from the midweek manatee everybody give it well up.
3: if i'm being honest you know one of the things we didn't talk about with this movie is kind of a as much as i don't think it is trying to be but uh, maybe it's not from a racism standpoint but maybe it's more from a uh I guess, would it be xenophobia at that point, people who are outside of your country? Because it's like, you know, if you look at the idea of aliens, a lot of time aliens are exploring people who are coming into your territory that you think is yours. Mm. And I don't necessarily know that the movie completely strikes on that, but there is a little bit of that. Like, you know, uh, we we tend to refer to things as alien that we don't understand and that come from outside of our area. Uh, So, you know, I don't know if that's really something that the movie's trying to key in on uh it seems like it's probably not yeah. but again because the movie does technically have the back end for that it kind of goes back to my theory that this movie does so much and has so many balls in the air that realistically <laughs> any kind of theme that you wanted to throw to it you could just be like yeah this movie is actually in support of uh xenophobia because you know w- what happens when you let aliens come into your world they fuck everything up they're just trying to take everything for themselves you know what I mean the movie is so wildly open (laughs) I mean this
0: movie makes that argument
3: (laughs) that's what I mean technically it does it doesn't mean that that's what you should be taking from it but if you wanted to you could extrapolate that from the movie
2: Uh, yeah that's an interesting point I mean I I agree that the movie probably wasn't trying to make that point but I, I think it's you know it's a thing that's totally valid to observe whether it's making any of those connections
3: Well, and like, you know, going back to the English teacher thing that I was talking about is a lot of the times, as as ridiculous as that stuff is, it's, yeah, the author or the creator or whatever may have actually just meant, like in this movie's case, the movie could have totally just been, and I don't think it was, but for the sake of the argument, the movie totally could be, and we can know from the creator that this was just meant to be a story about aliens coexisting alongside humans and to, to their demise, but the the fun part of that in terms of how english and like storytelling and stuff goes is that if you can make a theory it's about being able to analyze the work in such a way that you can at least back your theory up with something that makes it potentially possible not that it has to be the absolute answer and that is kind of fun when you're going through stuff because like we've done that with a lot of movies where we look you know i thought about the town we talked about the argument as to whether ben affleck should have looked as good as he did mm. in comparison to the surroundings and whether oh, boy, that was a choice or not oh yeah <laughs> but mm. that's you know but that's that's a fun thing to think about but <laughs> it's like do you know that they intentionally made him look that way or were we trying to pull something that wasn't really meant to be there
2: Sure. And I think that's the thing, inevitably, you're always going to wrestle with, especially in movies, is it's so much about perception. Some some of it is stuff that's intended, and you will pick up on it as it was intended, and some stuff like King Kong, you know, maybe there was no intent, and it's just something that happens to get picked up by the viewer. And uh, I mean, I think that especially applies with movies over time when you revisit them removed from the time that they were released, especially if they're trying to make commentary that is relevant then is does the commentary hold up does the commentary change is it enhanced is it reduced any of those things
3: yeah for sure i think that's true across all entertainment mediums that are meant for storytelling specifically because stories are all up to the perception of the person uh, experiencing them i guess would be the word to use yeah so it's definitely a, an odd thing in this movie, but it's part of what made this movie fun. Because as much as I was joking about the you know the Nada and Frank romance, mm-hmm. there is a lot of stuff that kind of does support it, you know, <laughs> as, yeah. as ridiculous as it is. I don't truly believe it, but my point was more that they did more to build the potential for them to have a, a romantic relationship than they did for him to have a romantic relationship <laughs> with Holly.
2: They did get a room.
0: <laughs> they did. So I mean, you know, they went that extra mile. Uh nobody specified how many beds were in said room, so
3: That's mm-hmm. also true. And you know when they walked into the bedroom door, did they not say or did not not say isn't love grand? Mm-hmm. That's true was, too. Was was that the was, is that the uh what do they call it, the whenever it's like there's a the smoking gun? Was it the smoking gun for your homosexual joke that you were expecting <laughs> from the movie? Was that it? <laughs>
2: yes, uh, exactly. um another thing on the subject of perception and you know the difference between whether or not it's like the intended uh message we're supposed to get you know as envisioned by the filmmaker I i think a lot of the things in this movie hit differently because of something you touched on earlier because of this movie's cultural relevance and because this movie has so many things that exist in culture that don't even have to come with the context of the narrative of the movie but they're just things that are like they're just culturally ubiquitous. Like the obey, like all all of the different, like consume, like the iconography of like, just here's a really simple, blatant, like criticism of consumer culture of, you know, of, of not reading into things of taking things on faith and not, you know, being a little suspect of people who might be trying to act nefariously. Um, And and I was curious if you guys had any thoughts on this, because I I think it's a thing that happens a lot where often people in real life who profess to be super aware of injustices or super alert to, you know, bigger things at play affecting society uh, are maybe very well, like, maybe they've spent a lot of time in that rabbit hole. Maybe they've spent a lot of time researching. Maybe they're knowledgeable, but they don't necessarily have insight to make a conclusion that is like, terribly like applicable or even accurate um i mean like like, just like i i guess to be clear like i find that like 99.9 percent of people who say sheeple are never as woke as they think they are (laughs) Mm -hmm. which
3: i find the i i find the idea which of course everything in life exists on a scale but i always think it's funny when people who are for you know to go along with the wording like they had they at least are somewhat woke that some people view them as not woke enough <laughs> 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 that, to me that's so funny because it's like oh so i can at least open my mind to be better in some degrees but since i'm not as open as you are <laughs> i'm still a lesser human it's it, it's just a funny thing to me yeah
2: it's weird like uh, this this isn't even unique to any particular like category of like belief i think it's something that happens Pretty consistently across human beings who believe that they're onto to something is like that tribalistic sense of like I have to know this better than other people and I have to put other people down to feel good about how like knowledgeable I am on this and it 's just like so counterproductive because then whether you're whether you're trying to make people aware of social injustices or whether you're trying to make people aware of some big thing that you believe is happening like uh canceling people on Twitter all the time or telling people to wake up on Facebook and sharing Alex Jones posts. Like both of those things are like, not that I'm comparing the deeper elements of things that are at play here. Cause that's a whole separate conversation. But I think again, tying into your messaging when you're talking to people, it's th- those are two great ways to turn people off to whatever you're saying, even if you are to something.
3: <laughs> it's true. It's kind of like how, and, and, Sometimes it's not for this reason and people get blamed for this, even though that's not what they're arguing. But there are times where people don't want to see touchy subjects <clears throat> brought up in a movie or a story or games because it's like they, they so are vehemently against the basic idea of it that it's like you can't have it. Um, where it's like having a homo- a homophobic character it's like well you shouldn't have a story that has a homophobic character in it well why homophobic people do exist and we can use this as a way to analyze and look at how homophobic people act and you can also use it as a story arc to try and grow a character from one position that's static to a position that is dynamic and and, uh, uh, beyond it's just an interesting thing that i feel like a lot of the times people be like why does this movie have a this this or this character it's like well watch it before you judge it Tr- understand what it's trying to do with the characters before mm-hmm. you tear down the fact that it's doing it at all and that exists very similar with with movies like this i mean you can bring that into a lot of stuff going on here well why is this person doing this why does this character exist this way well does it matter i mean we need to wait and see you know, what it pertains to in the story before we can make a clear judgment as to what it's doing you can look at the you know the consume and obey and you can look at the even the iconography and you can pull an idea from it without even actually understanding the context behind the choice to use it.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting point. Uh, there's a lot of, I I don't know that I even have like a a hard conclusion I fall on. I think it's more of like it's it's an interesting thing. I love hearing people's thoughts on it because, like, to your point, when you feature a character that is flawed in a way that isn't just like you know they're not perfect but like flawed in like a real world kind of way like they have like a a bias or like a what's the word i'm thinking of a prejudice or mm-hmm. you know like like something that's more uncomfortable and has gravity to it that you have to deal with that again is a thing that exists in real life i, I think it's interesting the argument that i feel like is sometimes made of are you giving that ideal a platform by representing it in your movie or are you representing it to show realism to maybe show it with a bit of nuance to help the viewer understand where that comes from and maybe by doing that you're helping people in real life try to figure out how to get people down from that because it's like i I think we can probably all agree like if you vilify someone they're not going to hear you out so even if you feel like you're objectively correct on whatever it is like sometimes as difficult as it can be and as much as you might have like really good reasons for feeling like just totally pissed off with this person for what they're thinking like uh, you know it's if you call them a piece of shit for what they think they're probably not going to change their mind so are you achieving what you want in the long run by doing that or is it maybe one of those things where you have to kind of you know, obviously draw the line. If they're just playing devil's advocate endlessly and just being super like, you know, refusing to see any other point of view, then whatever. You know, like at some yeah. point you have to value your own time. But yeah, I don't know.
3: Fair enough. All right, well boys, uh if we have anything else to say, that'd be fantastic going get it off. Uh not to be the the person but it's it's one thirteen and I've gotta be up for work in like four or five hours. Damn. So um yeah we can round this sucker off
2: i'm always down for rounding suckers off um man i had to say that didn't i damn another Uh, (laughs) soundbite here we go yeah that'll be a another one for chris to laugh at maniacally while he edits but uh yeah i that's they live we are midweek matinee again i am joshua at android is a loser i have been joined by chris figs who is off blowing some fat blunts right now um i gotta phrase that differently too jesus christ <laughs> uh <laughs> i'm also joined by blake uh where can people follow you on twitter blake
1: um actually i've got to look up <laughs> my at i don't ever <laughs> say it out loud <laughs> well why uh, are you looking
2: that up unless you've got it
1: yeah i've got it it's at p-o-b-s-t underscore blake underscore nine two
2: nice and uh the reason i include that is blake watches i think more movies than the rest of us maybe combined absolutely Um, he does (laughs) so if you're looking for just kind of an interesting follow along maybe you're interested in watching more movies because you've got some extra downtime and you want some suggestions especially if you're into horror uh blake is a good follow and uh with brett if you're a sadist like me and you like to try to punish yourself into being more productive by looking at the accomplishments of other people and comparing them to your own wasted time. Uh Brett is one of the best people on the internet for that, because as he mentioned, he's redone his flooring. He's like redone some cabinets, rebuilt an engine. Um I, I think he made a replica of the entire earth out of Lego bricks. That would actually <laughs> um, be
3: pretty sweet. I don't know how I'd have time to pull that off. <laughs> but I'm not disinterested in the basic premise. You may, you may have found my next random project. Uh, so you can find me over, you can just always follow me on Facebook if you care for that kind of stuff. Uh, and of course, I talk about games all the time. So if you want to find me on Twitter, I primarily use our gaming podcast as a personal twitter so you can find me over there Uh, it's triangle squared we and it's actually triangle sqrd we do me and my buddy Saul do a weekly show talking about gaming through the lens of being a playstation fan Uh, but we of course talk about every system and play every system and uh, i i like to think that we are fairly fair in our discussions Uh, and that's how i met pretty much technically all of these people i met blake and then by extension met the rest of these guys so yeah follow us over there uh, but unless anybody else wants to say something i think we can get on to thanking our lovely patrons uh well we do
2: need to call out our movie for next week don't we
3: you are correct i'm glad you said that and we need to rate this movie uh yes. so we have chris figs back now we're gonna yes, start Mike. off with you figs <laughs> since you were m.i.a <laughs> for so long you were high like paper planes or something <laughs>
1: just stop just don't Smoking do that trees. anymore
0: uh i gave this movie a
1: 3.5 what yes a
0: 3.5 yeah no it was a good movie i just i don't see myself watching it again but i really did enjoy the time i spent watching it. that's fair blake what about you
1: I gave it three out of five. I honestly think that upon further rewatches, I may enjoy it more, though. It feels like one of those types of movies to me.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Brett, what about you? I'm going to give it a respectable four. I think that it's so damn stylish that the few issues that I think the somewhat shorter runtime uh, and choices they made do present they're outweighed by the stylistic aspects so yeah four out of five yeah
2: i also give it a four out of five uh for roughly the same reasons i think it's like a it's a so so 80s action movie with some moments of gratuity that are fucking funny and again it's just so stylish and as we talked about i'm a fan of it bringing something new to the table regarding addressing social messages because it just you know it's so iconic like people talk about this movie to this day in daily conversation because it uh found a way to uniquely address a lot of these issues that i think are something a lot of people think about you know wherever they happen to land on them
3: but uh, like when it transcends a genre too where you like for most people whenever i like i I told a few people i was watching they live for the podcast this week and they said what's that and i said you've probably seen pictures from it you just don't realize it i was like you've almost undoubtedly seen some form of iconography from it you just don't realize and normally when i'd show them it was like oh yeah i know what you're talking i know what that is you know yeah
2: plus i mean obey shepherd fairy like if you're in the street art if you're in skating like you've definitely seen that Hmm. well that concludes it for me uh brett would you like to take us home
3: i would if you guys like the show and are listening Wait. to us on any of your favorite podcast services next week's movie Oh, oh yeah, my bad.
1: Oh, they keep skipping me. Gosh.
3: <laughs> oh, geez. I guess it's something
2: scary, probably. Like it is every time.
1: <laughs> no, it's actually not. So, it's a crime, you know, Brett mama. kept mentioning the short runtime of this movie. So, next week, my movie is going to be Once Upon a Time in America.
0: What? Huh?
1: It's the Sergio Leone. I guess is how you pronounce his name. I don't know. Nineteen eighty-four crime <clears throat> drama. Okay. okay. I Definitely haven't seen it before. It's unfortunately not streaming anywhere, but you can rent it for like 3.99 everywhere and at least on Vudu it's 9.99 to purchase. <clears throat> and it's okay. the extended version, which according to Roger Ebert and like literally everyone that reviewed it upon release is the only proper way to watch this movie. It got horrible reviews and then they released the extended version and now it's a 91%.
3: Wow. So Ooh, I would like just to... so everyone knows it's a <clears throat> three hour and forty nine minute. No,
1: it's four hours and twenty two minutes.
3: Oh, oh my god. <laughs> no,
1: the extended is longer. That's the regular version.
3: Well, right here it says the regular version is three hours forty nine.
1: Right, we're watching the extended. Okay. It's the so only proper way to watch sorry. it. According yeah. to like every review that I've read. I've never seen the movie yet. So
3: Okay. Damn. Well, <laughs> There you go. Once Upon a Time in America Extended Edition. If you don't want to watch the Extended Edition, we may talk about some stuff that you are completely unaware of.
2: Uh, There's an entire additional
3: movie runtime in there. (laughs) Yeah. This is the old two-for-one special. This is going to be two episodes. You can watch They Live
0: and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in that amount of time. Uh,
3: Okay well there right. you go that's our movie for next week so now I think we can finally wrap the show up uh, thank you guys for joining me and like I was saying if you like the show uh, and you are listening on your favorite podcast service that happens to have the ability to review and give ratings uh, we would love it if you do so it lets us know what you think about the show and more importantly it lets other people know if you think the show is worth their time and it gives them a chance to check that out uh, if you want to follow us over on Twitter and be part of our social media stuff that we do you can go over to Matt matinee under or sorry midweek no god it's at mid matinee (laughs) underscore midweek i am so mad we could not get midweek matinee i will fight somebody for it eventually for 15 minutes yeah 45 minutes (laughs) it's very important five minutes and 21 seconds i think was the actual cut time so i will do that in honor of they live Uh, but you can find us over there matinee underscore Midweek, uh, and you could be part of our. We, we share screenshots of the movies that we're doing. We do little fun games. We share little factoids about the movie as well, which is really cool. I really enjoy watching those. So the people, who, I think it's Josh who scrounges up those little factoids. I really like reading them, and I always make sure to share them. Uh, so lastly. Uh, You can, of course, find us on Facebook, and then you can support us if you'd like to do so with more than just your time over on Patreon uh, at nartech or patreon.com slash nartech, where you get the week, the episode a week early. I can tell that I am tired tonight. Uh, So I'm going to wrap this thing up and go ahead and thank our Patreons. Uh, So until next time, this has been Midweek Matinee. Peace. Thanks to our patrons, Joss, Matthew Green, my name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Santarude, Funk Turkey, Danny Villiobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popst, Kevin Bacon Bits, Shadowist, Steven Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Blow, Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Swanland, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Brian, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, and lastly, El Chabib. Thank you so much.
2: Thoughts from the midweek manatee? Everybody give it up. Why is he so depressed. <laughs> I,
3: I, I think next week we're going to have to introduce the midweek manatee to like Prozac or something. <laughs>
0: I didn't know what to do. So I just went to depression.
1: I
2: completely I don't know put what you to on say. I I'll kill myself. <laughs> I didn't give you any prep time for that. I apologize. I just figured <laughs> no. you know, it'll be fun to see what he
3: does. I was trying to hold it together. He's like, I'm just living this motor <laughs> <portal> coil.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing the whole time. I just backed in it for the mic. <laughs> I, I think uh, for future <laughs> ones, honestly, like like don't back away if you are laughing like that that'll make it better and give him stuff to like riff off of
0: yeah i would have gotten offended i was just
1: laughing like from the start so i guess
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry is there something funny about the situation i find myself in under the sea hello looker and congratulations you have discovered the secret message midweek matinee is produced and edited by christopher figueroa music is by joshua lago thank you for your support and for enjoying all these movies with us And lastly, please send your iTunes reviews to Old Pink, care of the funny farm.